weekend. It's coming at you. It's coming at you fast. It's coming at you hard. Actually, no, it's not. No, we're going to be real soft and cozy. This, <laughs> uh, this podcast, we're not coming hard and fast at all. Yeah, we're coming gentle and flaccid. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's the um, only way. <laughs> oh, no. I feel bad. I feel bad for bringing this energy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, speaking of gentle and flaccid, how are you, Joe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm glad it's the weekend. You know when you get to the end of the week and you realize you got no juice left? No animation oh, yeah. juice left? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that mm. was me. Um, on Friday morn, I think it was partially because I was excited to go and pick up my copy of Zoldo, but it was Hell also, yeah. um, just generally, I think I was zapped. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no animation fuel left in, uh, the animation tank, so to speak. Yeah. I've always referred to it as like a sponge, you know, like you start squeezing the sponge on Monday and then by the end, there's like very little meat left in that gym mat, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. That's real gross, though, but carry on. You know the Simpsons quote when the lady, uh, lunch lady Doris is, like, putting the gym mats into the grinder and she's like, there's very little meat in these gym mats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, I do now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you are on today. I, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get on your level to, to keep up with those Simpsons quotes. That's all right. That's all right. We'll, we'll get there. We At one stage, we are all slugs on the side of the lake. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, great. That's great. okay to not have wings for a while. <laughs> uh, loving this multi-podcast analogy that we're just, yeah, we're like juicing like those gym mats. Yeah, we're juicing the previous episodes. We're juicing the gym mats. There's juice everywhere. <laughs> um, speaking of juice, how are you, Darian? Uh, yeah, I'm good. You know, uh, mediocre levels of juice right now. Mm-hmm. Um, serviceable levels of juice. Yeah. I, um, I finished The Witness, which yeah. feels really good. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really felt a connection to that game. I thought it was real special. Um, despite like a couple of things that I thought were missteps. The the core of the experience is is fantastic. Yeah. Um and those final puzzles, they were really difficult. Like there was there was one puzzle, no shame. I it took me like an hour. I was mm. there like with my scrawlings trying to figure it out and um I actually thought I wasn't gonna be able to do it. I was just yeah. like, this is so fucking difficult. I'm not even gonna try and explain it because it's just so kind of meta within the already meta mechanics of that game. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, I had I had a lot of trouble with it and when I solved it it was like the most epic aha moment of my entire life uh, I was like oh I see the matrix yeah and, uh, that's so good yeah yeah and yeah the game didn't didn't last much longer than that puzzle that that felt like the kind of ultimate test um mm. and so yeah walked away from that game being like oh I have accomplished something you know it's kind of yeah kind kind of like dark souls a little bit you're like i rose to the challenge totally totally so you uh reckon this is a top 10 contender mm, oh dude i mean I it might have been 
it might have been before we started this podcast, but since we started this, like, I've been playing some absolutely knockout games. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it might definitely make the list when we talk about, um, you know, the games we loved from, from this year, year that we played. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to break the top 10, despite, <laughs> despite it feeling very special for me. Yeah, because I know you love a puzzle game. I love a puzzle game. Well, I love... I love the kind of puzzle game that The Witness is. And we talked a little bit about this with um, oh, that, like, Silent Hill-esque horror game yeah. that I really wanted to like, the sci-fi one. What was that oh, called? Um, uh, crumbs. Um, oh, crumbs. It's, it's gone. And you'd like that. You, you open it up and the eye looks at the menu and it's very aesthetically pleasing and creepy. I'm scrolling my Steam list and I can't see it. It's, it's, gone. it's, gone. <laughs> okay, it's, it's on gone. the tip of my tongue. <laughs> It'll come back to us. It'll come back to us. Um, anyway, yeah, like, you know, that kind of puzzle solving where it's like observation and you've got to like look at a room that's pixely as hell and determine what's interactable and whatnot. Like the witness is not like that at all. Like it gives you, gives you all the, the puzzle bits. pieces. Yeah, yeah. It gives you all yeah. the bits and it's like you fucking figure it out. And, uh, Sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. And I just, I love that. I love that approach. So is it the kind of game that if you finish it, you have to have done everything? Or is there puzzles left unsolved on the island? Oh, bro, I left some puzzles unsolved, which is, and it like feeds into that open world ethos that works so well for that game. Like mm. if you're sick of a mechanic or you or you just can't solve a puzzle, you just walk away, go to another part of the island and start working um but basically there i think there are like 10 or 11 biomes maybe mm. and you only need to solve seven biomes to oh, wow. to get to the end bit um and i think that's great design you know because um there was one of those mechanics where i was like this is this is bad fucking design you know like it yeah. it it was about the observation and it was more like hide and go seek than like solving a logic puzzle which like, mm. you know, the majority of that game is about solving puzzles. It's not about like looking for something. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, it was cool because I just didn't have to interact with that set of puzzles and I still got to, you know, go through and finish the game. The game we're talking about is Signalis. Signalis. Yeah. Yeah. I've That's become a one. slug once more. <laughs> we've regressed oh, we've regressed we're not even on the lake we're under it we're in like yeah. the mud bank the silty fucking gross shit at the bottom yeah and when you step in it it, it turns into like this huge cloud ever expanding <laughs> yeah. you lose track of your limbs and you yeah. seep into the blacky ink abyss speaking of blacky ink abyss <laughs> the game uh, that I was talking about just briefly uh, at the, before we got on the pod was called Fear and Hunger. And um, I watched a video about it and I reckon it's like really similar to what you're talking about with The Witness. Oh. So it's like an RPG Maker game. Do you know RPG Maker, the software? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, there's a really well-known uh, product of that engine. I think it's called To The Moon. Yeah, To The Moon. Yeah, it's an yeah. old um, indie darling game. Um, yeah it apparently was quite emotional or something yeah i've i've got it on steam and i started it a long time ago but yeah i've heard it's really good yeah i've heard it's good too 
Um, but yeah, this this Fear and Hunger game, it's not out in Australia, and if any listeners know a way to get a copy um, of it or the sequel, which I can't remember the name of, um, but yeah, the, the way that they were talking about this game in the video reminded me a lot of what you were saying with The Witness, the way like all the parts are kind of there, and mm. you kind of push yourself against them until the solution kind of appears, or your brain kind of chews on it for long enough that it that it comes out with it, and that that feeling of it coming out with the solution is kind of the joy, um, right? Or some of the joy, anyway, right? Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, there's this part like right at the start of the game, and it's like it's a brutal, like it's a um, when you die, you go back to the start of the entire game, so, sort of situation. Like you don't mm-hmm. keep keep mm-hmm. anything, Not right? Like a roguelite or anything. It's just like everything's gone. The only thing that remains is your knowledge of how to progress. Mm, um, I like the sound of that. Yeah yeah um so anyway maybe i'll I'll send you the video or something and we can talk about it and see if it's something we might want to do for game club um yeah but i still need to figure a way to figure a way to procure it um any anyways um what else you been playing (laughs) well uh you know i finished that witness i uh finished it thursday night i woke up friday morning i was just going about my day you know very normal day in the life of Darian. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and then Phoebe turns to me and she's got this weird fucking look on her face. Like, I, I don't know if I've seen this look before. And <laughs> and she says, I need to tell you something. Oh, my God. And I'm like, she's gay. It's fine. Like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she's gay and she's about to tell me that she's gay and my life is going to change. I mean, and... where, where's the lie, though? Like, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> and uh, she says, Joe bought you Tears of the Kingdom and you got to go pick it up in like 45 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and so, yeah, it went from my partner is gay to I'm going to be playing Zelda in like an hour. Um, I love how your brain did the the that treatment to you, you know, where it's like... <laughs> You give them the impossibly bad news first so that the good news hits really hard or, like, the, you know, the actual bad news doesn't hit at all. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. And, like, is this the only instance in the history of humankind where something good has come out of I need to tell you something? Yeah, wow. <laughs> like... What a really... Come on, Phoebe. <laughs> really, hey. That's some good news. I know. Happy early birthday or Christmas or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. Not brutal, just brutal. Um, yeah, anyway, so I've been playing um, I've been playing Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, thanks to you. Hell yeah. We love it. And you have too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played a, a good chunk last night, um, yesterday afternoon. It was it's going pretty cool, man. I'm really enjoying it so far. Hell yeah! Do you wanna do you wanna talk a little bit about it? But we'll just steer clear of any spoilery bits, I guess. Yeah. So maybe how many hours do you reckon you've you've put in? Um, I'd say I was able to play a bit this morning, so I'd mm-hmm. say four or five. Yeah, I feel I'm about the same. So, okay. and are we avoiding spoilers for listeners as well, or are we just? Yeah, I okay. I reckon. Okay. Um, if if you're able to to do it. So yeah. Deftly. Yeah, I can certainly try. Um, so uh, we're gonna say there's a lot of polish in that initial intro section that you go mm-hmm. through. The visuals, mm-hmm. the story, the 
setup is kind of a lot different to other Zelda games. Um, it's, it's pretty dark, right? Did you yeah, get that vibe? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's kind of some new themes or like themes that I, I'm kind of getting like Majora's Mask themes from this game. Right. Like, um, yep. There's always been like this sense of, or, or at least in um, not Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, this like sense of impending doom um, mm. with, you know, the Ganon just being held at bay by the thinnest of threads um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Calamity and all that sort of stuff. And then um, with Majora's Mask, there's like the moon that's coming down. It's a way more immediate threat, I guess, but it's still, there's like that feeling of the end times are upon us. Mm, yeah. Um, and I get that feeling a little bit from this one as well, because sort of immediately the game kind of is like, here's the thing. <laughs> it's happening now. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's really quite impressive and catastrophic and cool. Um, so, but yeah, the, I've really enjoyed what I've played so far. Um, there's some really interesting elements to the way that they do, um, not puzzle solving, but like situation solving. <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. you could call them puzzles, but they're mm-hmm. not like puzzles. I feel in like the traditional sense, um, you know, like uh, when you think of like the portal puzzles, it's like, oh, there's a, so- there's a solution here, um, mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. two solutions here. It's like, oh, there's any number of solutions here. And, um, it's just kind of up to you. There's like a, probably two or three main ideas that you could use to solve the puzzle, but then there's also like just whatever, if you can figure it out, do it that way. Right. Right. So yeah, I've I've because the first the first Breath of the Wild was absolutely like that, like yeah. walking into a shrine or whatever was sick because you're just like I've got all these tools and there are no rules I can just kind of try and do whatever I like. Yeah. Um, but I have found like walking into shrines with this tool set in the new one, like there's a lot of things I haven't been able to do, which yeah, right. I would have liked to been able to do. Like it makes sense in my mind. Right. And got, and got there's a couple sweet examples. Yeah. All right. So maybe just like a secret sealed section. If you <laughs> if you wanna like play this game and you don't want to know what any of the powers are, maybe just skip forward a, a mm. minute or two. Um, but like I just did this shrine this morning where like um the two main powers were the power where you can rewind time. Like you choose an object and then you make that object go backwards through time and it kind of like goes through the motions. Yep. Um, and the other power is like where you grab something. Um, and so there was this shrine where I had to get something up really high and there was a ladder next to it, like to, to get to the really high bit. So like if I climbed the ladder and looked down, it was too far of a distance for me to like grab the object and pull it up so i was like all right what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go back down i'm gonna grab the object and i'm gonna hold it up for a little bit and then drop it and i'll do the time rewindy thing so like it floats back up in the air i can i can run to the top and then i can grab the frozen object um and it just wouldn't let me grab the frozen object and i was like oh but like this is so cool. Like, why should, you know, why does this work? And it was like something that I think was a little bit disappointing because with Breath of the Wild, every time I had an idea that related to one of the mechanics, I could do it, you know? And it felt like I was thinking 
like the the mechanic itself was making me think outside of the box and it felt really rewarding but yeah. there's been like a couple of times where like i've been like oh my god this is so smart and i try to do it and like it seems like it should work and it doesn't and i'm like oh right. that's that's disappointing um yeah and I think, sorry, sorry go on. No, no, you I was, go. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's just because with the new game, all of the tool sets are much more complex than any of the tool sets in the past game. Yeah. And I think there was like, there was some purity that was really successful in that first game. And like, while the complexity is really cool, I think like, yeah, for me, the implementation has been a bit lacking so far. Yeah, right. Interesting. I wonder if, like, so you were, like, using the time rewind thing to get the object to go back up from where it had fallen from. Yeah. And you couldn't grab it, was it during the um, time rewind that you couldn't grab it, or? Yeah, that's right. I couldn't grab it while it was doing its time thing, and then I tried yeah. to, like, stop the time thing and grab it quickly, but, like, it was, you know, it instantly fell down, so I didn't have time to do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel kind of the same about some of the controls that I did last time. Um, mm -hmm. Finding myself like accidentally not jumping when I'm climbing a wall and just like falling. <laughs> <laughs> I still am doing that because I was just playing Breath of the Wild and I had the controls reversed. And so there's like a little uh, bit of weird muscle memory going on, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also some nice quality of life. Like they fixed that issue with the chests where if you open a chest and you've got, you know, full set of items uh, like ch bows or whatever it'll ask you if you want to drop one of your existing bows yeah um, yeah which is nice yeah there's a couple of things like that um one thing i did want to mention though and i'm not sure if this is like just a zelda thing but like there are a lot of things that are like exactly the same <laughs> in this oh, yeah. game. you know like i've been playing phoebe's been watching me play and she's like, man, this just seems like, uh, you know, like $70 DLC oh, for, right, right. For, for Breath of the Wild. Because, like, you know, I was, I was running along on my horse through, like, the same land yeah. over the same bridges and the same music was playing and I was running past <laughs> the same enemies. And I was just like, if this were any other game, like, you know, I was giving Elden Ring shit for like <laughs> using the giant crab enemy from Dark Souls 3. Yeah. Right? And it also uses the animation um the animations from the jailers from Oh right. Dark Souls 3 in the like in the catacombs with the with the little catacomb enemies. Yeah. And like that's it and I was like you lazy bastards, but this this is like 60% of, of this game is the same. Like the character <laughs> the, the characters are the same, the animations are the same, the horses look like yeah, it's yeah. uh is that just like a Zelda thing and everyone's cool with that? Or is this like uh, new because it's the first kind of Zelda sequel, right? Yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. So I know that, uh, I mean, obviously there's like the difference between like a link to the past and like Ocarina of Time, you know, like there's the 2D, right. 3D Zelda swap. But even between um, the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, there was a, a lot of reuse, even though mm. Majora's is like a spiritual, um, I might be getting this wrong. It's like a spiritual sequel. It's not like an actual sequel sequel. Right, um, right. 
you know, in a few different ways. Um, but yeah, th there was reuse there, but then like you'd go to, um, oh, I don't remember the name of the one that was on the Wii that was like, uh, you're a Sky wolf. Skyward Sword? Was that Skyward Sword? Oh no, that was Twilight Princess. Oh uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, like Twilight Princess was a bit darker and like used a whole heap of different new assets. And then yeah, Tw uh, Skyward Sword had this kind of different treatment. And then like um, Wind Waker was like the tune shaded one. It had like all different stuff. Right. Um, and yeah, there's, there was like remixing of the different types of enemies, you know, like the way the Octoroks would look in Ocarina of Time was different to the way that they looked in other games uh, but then sometimes they would look really similar um so yeah i don't know um there's yeah. there is reuse and uh, yeah i i haven't noticed a whole heap of reuse stuff yet even though i'm like wandering around hyrule i'm like oh this is new this is different and there's a big hole here now that's cool um, <laughs> yeah sick and the enemies like i know that there's like obviously the bokoblins that look identical and have the same behaviors and shit um, yeah. but like the first Bokoblin camp that I pulled up to had like, yeah, the regular dudes, the tall, um, what are they called? I'm not sure. They look like me if I was a, a goblin. <laughs> the Moblins. Moblins. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and then they yeah. had this other one that was like this really big fat dude. Um, mm. that was a Bokoblin like, I don't know. It wasn't one of the, what are they called? Guys with the one eyes from the, oh, yeah. Yeah. Last yeah. One. The Odysseus dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember their name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't one of those. It was like a whole new dude. And, um. I was like, oh shit, I don't know if I can beat this. And then a thunderstorm rolled in and uh, wiped them all out because they all had metal weapons. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, this game's sick. Um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, I haven't bumped into a whole lot of reuse. I will say some of the shrines, maybe it's just because it's like near where you um, are introduced to a lot of the existing things to get players up to speed. Or like, here's how to attach a bunch of logs together or whatever. Mm -hmm. to solve this mm -hmm. puzzle it just kind of feels like am i going to do more puzzles than connecting logs together or putting fans on the back of logs or like i'm starting to hope that the, the shrines are a little bit more creative with some of the powers but um yeah totally yeah and for what it's worth i am having a really good time yeah um yeah. it's uh, yeah i think i mean you'd know how much i loved the first one we did that big rant episode where i wouldn't shut the fuck up um and I think even though, like, I only had 45 minutes to get hype for this game, I think a part of me was like, oh, you know, it might be as good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, I think I think that's on me to kind of yeah. think it might be as good. And, uh, yeah, I, I like, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. And I think that's the thing about games like these and kind of like Elden Ring is, like, mm. they're actually so good that it's easy to see their flaws. Yeah. yeah and um yeah i think that that happened to me initially i was like finding myself like disappointed quite a bit and then <laughs> i was like i i booted it up this morning and i was like all right i get it i'm here i'm just chilling i'm like here for yeah. the atmosphere and it's like really similar and it's like basically a mod of breath of the wild but i'm still here for it yeah yeah um, I'm, I'm interested to see how it manages to separate itself from not being a mod, if it ever does, you know, like yeah. what, what it yeah. does with, you know, the bigger dungeon. I haven't found any potential bigger dungeons or whatever. Um, mm, totally. I haven't totally. found any like characters other than the ones that you, well, actually I have found a couple of characters, but yeah, I haven't found any like a Bazora dudes or the Gorons or whatever yet. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just been cruising around, um, uh, 
I want to keep talking about Zelda, but we probably should move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Well, um, you know, we've only been, yeah. had like we've had it for a day. So next yeah. week we're gonna um, we're gonna come in for our Slime Rancher two episode. Oh yeah. Uh, and thank God I'd finished that up as well. Oh, God, I like yeah. I, I finished that up before you know your surprise came through. So I was I was just open and ready for this. <laughs> yeah, I need to finish Slime Rancher. Who knows if I will? Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, well, well, oh yeah, I, mean, we, I played a like deeper grounded this week actually. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you did. I yeah. loved. I loved the the castle you built in that game. Yeah, I got on like a big base building kick and was like, I'm gonna redo the entire base and just like knock the whole thing down. And uh, looked at a bunch of reference pictures that people had done like with their own bases and like tried to do my own thing a little bit. And um, I think it's it's looking pretty good. Um, I got to cozy level three or whatever it is, cozy level four, I can't remember, and it unlocks a hot tub. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Which I can't build because it needs a bunch of those like Everchar things um, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. and a bunch of other things that I've never seen before. But yeah, it's, it's there. It's on the rooftop above our beds. So <laughs> we're going to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Lay some grounded. Um, yeah. So I think that's it, though. I think that's all I've been playing. Hell yeah. The, the Zelda cast begins. Yeah, let the Zelda cast begin. Write in and tell us your thoughts on Zelda as well, without spoilers if possible. Mm, yeah, yeah. Keen to, keen to hear what everyone thinks. And keen to hear, like, what the consensus is, you know? Because, yeah. like, with Breath of the Wild for, like, five straight years, I heard it's just one of the best games ever. And so I went into it and I was like, this game ain't going to be shit. And I was like, oh, my God, this is one of the best games ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'll be interested to hear if this one, like, you know, everyone agrees that it's just a new, better version of the old one or, or maybe it doesn't, you know, come up to snuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge task, right? Like, to mm. do a sequel to breath of the wild which is totally holds totally. a dear place in many folks hearts yeah legit um, yeah you want some chicken hell yeah feed me up sunshine yeah, we got some chicken <laughs> um this one is a bit of sad news hollow knight's sequel has been delayed oh yeah we're okay with that yeah we're okay but with that <laughs> I we're okay with that <laughs> i tell you what though after playing this one i am absolutely tempering my expectations for mm. Hades 2 and Silk Song. Yeah. I'm just I'm just like I got to I got to not think of the first game basically yeah. when I'm playing it cuz like I think we've talked about it before where I just like some of these games they capture lightning in a bottle and it's just like really hard to do that twice let alone in a row from the same studio. So yeah. I think yeah. I think we all just got to chill on those expectations, yeah. Totally. Yeah expectations um <laughs> yeah we we got a tweet from matthew griffin the uh, marketing publishing for hollow knight and silk song and uh, he says uh, hey gang just a quick update about silk song we had planned to release it in the first half of 2023 but development is still continuing we're excited by how the game is shaping up and it's gotten quite big so we want to take the time to make the game as good as we can expect more details from us once we get closer to release um cool so yeah people are like it's fine take your time please <laughs> yeah yeah we do no not pressure. Wish. yeah no pressure we don't want to rush to silk song um 
so yeah, people are people seem pretty pretty positive on a delay. Seems fine. A big holy big holy night game is a good game. <laughs> totally. Uh, there's apparently more free DLC coming um, for the for the sequel, which is good. Which is interesting. They're already planning the DLC. I mean, that's just like the nature of the industry right now, right? Seems that way. Seems that way. Um. So yeah, that's that's the first piece of chicken. Uh, second piece of chicken is oh this is another tears of the kingdom related piece of news but um nintendo's aggressive efforts to squash the tears of the kingdom leaks are having unintended side effects um no. an article by ethan gatch on kotaku uh so they had which we talked about last week with laura all of the leakages happening with um yeah yep 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 and um how the naughty boys had somehow procured a copy and were spreading it vast and wide onto the internet onto people's yep. steam decks totally um and uh so as a result the you know nintendo being like hey you can't stream this or put videos up they were doing they were clamping down hard as you know harder than they normally do which seems hard or impossible <laughs> um but uh beloved australian video game personality alana pierce do you know alana pierce uh no i don't think so um, she was streaming uh, a reaction video from SkillUp on Twitch, um, which uh, SkillUp is another Australian YouTuber video game personality. Mm-hmm. And um, he was reacting to the latest trailer for or one of the trailers for Tears of the Kingdom and her channel got banned or suspended for streaming a reaction video yeah, of, a, of just the trailer. Um and she wrote, lol, my Twitch got suspended midstream because I was reacting to Skill Up Zelda preview video. Uh, it would appear that <laughs> Nintendo DMCA'd me for watching unapproved Zelda gameplay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's to the extent, you know, like a, a well-regarded, highly followed Twitch streamer and YouTube person got their channel DMCA'd, um, even though it was it was approved material. Um, oh my God. So. It, it is really interesting that like when like mainline nintendo games copper leak everyone is like they can get fucked <laughs> like no yeah, one is yeah. like oh that's so sad like mm. you know if if someone leaked um you know hades 2 or some shit or like even with uh donut county you know you mentioned yeah. they released a trailer and then like some company or dev studio like copied the idea and released it before they were ready yeah it's just like oh that sucks that's so sad you know they had these original ideas blah 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 but with nintendo it's just like it feels like nintendo hates us and so when something bad happens to them it's like yeah get fucked nintendo yeah yeah totally um yeah they deserve it (laughs) it will be fine either way you know (laughs) yeah yeah and yeah pretty slim pickings this week as far as news goes i don't i don't really have anything else so do you have any any little bag chippies or anything oh man i don't i don't know i um yeah god i i had played a lot of witness this week you know Mm. i was like it was just that last kind of 30 percent of the game it really drew me in and so yeah i was kind of i was kind of under a rock for most of this week that's all right. That's all right. We can have a small news week. That's uh, that's totally fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. I got a topic here in the old bag of topics. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about reward systems. All right. 
and I'm 100% stoked with myself that I put all these notes through before you gifted me Zelda because we would <laughs> not have, have really had a topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like a week prior or something. I could have really screwed the pooch on this one. <laughs> totally. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Um, all right. We're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about reward systems. So, like, I got, I got a thing that I think distills the topic down, right? Mm. Um, so creatures like reward systems and video games capture the essence of the thing, right? So, all right, let's, let's just go. We're going to go no steering wheel, roller coaster unhinged. Uh, let's, let's go. Let's fly. Wait, wait, uh, wait. wait. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. My limbs are already outside the car. Um, <laughs> creatures like reward systems. So creatures like reward systems and video games capture the essence of the thing. You can tell I was really popping off when I wrote yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> this is some next level ballapp.net shit right here. <laughs> All right, so I mean, going back to the 1930s, we've proven that animals change their behaviour based on rewards. So um, we got this scientist called B.F. Skinner. 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 Um, and he explored reward schedules with pigeons. Um, so basically he had a bunch of pigeons and he had a bunch of food uh, and he was able to determine that there are four types of rewards that creatures respond to. Right. Um, so th the rewards themselves are pretty um, easy to remember, but they do have a kind of cooked uh, naming situation. So... Don't worry about the name so much. I'll tell you anyway. But yeah, it's it's more about the the thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we got a fixed ratio schedule. So that means the player receives a reward after a fixed number of actions. Yep. So like completing a room in Hades is fixed ratio schedule. You you clear the room of enemies and you get a boon. Got it. Um, you got variable ratio schedule which is the player receives a, a reward after a random number of actions. Um, you got fixed interval schedule, which is the player receives a reward after a fixed interval of time, and then a variable interval schedule, where the player receives a reward after a variable in interval of time. So don't expect you to remember any of those uh, you know, specific terms, but the breakdown is is the rewards are based on doing actions or the passing of time. And the thing that changes between those types of rewards is um, how many actions you do and how much time passes. So what Skinner found with these pigeons and this food is that the variable ratio reward is most effective for engaging the pigeons. So this means that when the pigeons pressed a lever, there was a 50% chance of receiving a reward. So this engaged the pigeons even more than when they received a reward every time. Right. Um, so engagement is the key metric here. So like... What this means is that you're going to be more likely to continue playing a game if 
you receive a reward after a random number of actions compared to if you receive a reward after a set number of actions. Is it like a bit of a gutchism thing again? Right. So like, if this is starting to ring alarm bells, like this is why casinos drain your money. This is why legendary loot in like Diablo is so enticing. Like the ancient reptilian brain can't let go of the chance of a good outcome. Um, Also, this, just a quick aside, this unequivocally proves that gambling is stupid right like (laughs) it's evolutionarily stupid our our attraction to gambling is a leftover piece of brain from those dumbass fish from from all those years ago yeah um yeah the vestiges of dumbassery if you will (laughs) (laughs) oh i will um is this skinner the same folk person who did the skinner box thing with the rats Ooh, i don't know i don't know if it's the same skinner um When, when I was researching B.F. Skinner, I mean, the thing is, I didn't really research B.F. Skinner, though. Right. You know, I was looking at specifically reward systems and it didn't come up. So I'm not, I'm not 100% on that. Okay. Um, anyway, so Pete and his unadulterated Slay the Spire obsession started this topic. Oh. Um, and, and so this is like, this is a game that kind of defies Skinner in a way. Right. Um, because the reward system is systematic, right? Or of the fixed ratio schedule variety. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> which basically, you know, which is the player receives a reward after a fixed number of actions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at the beginning of Slay the Spire, you unlock cards, you unlock characters, you unlock relics, um, and it only takes a couple of runs before you start unlocking higher difficulty sec- uh, settings. But there's no, like, randomization in the reward system. Like, you know, if you... To unlock the next difficulty setting, you beat the current difficulty setting, right? You perform a fixed number of actions and then you get the good brain chemicals. Um, But what is random about Slay the Spire is literally everything else, right? So, like, even though the reward system is fixed, like, every single run is different. Yeah. Um, you know, you got, you got Niao at the start who, um, gives you different boons and then, you know, the second you start playing that game, the enemies are random, the order you draw your cards in is random, the rewards you get from the enemies is random, mm. um, but, like, the goal that you have is fixed. So, like, unlocking that next difficulty level and beating a run, like, that that shit is fixed. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting after kind of looking at the pigeons and, and looking at all the, the different ways that games engage us that Slay the Spire actually is a pretty good exhibition of both types where you have like, you know, random rewards, which is like run focused and then like the achievement rewards and like unlocking things is fixed. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if there's like, um, I'm sure there is, and maybe you'll talk about this later, but like a, like a micro level of reward. So like, you know, the, if the macro version is like, um, getting to the end of the run and unlocking that next difficulty level or like mm-hmm. defeating an enemy and getting some rewards, um, mm. as both, both of those are deemed as rewards, 
um, like a little mini version of that would be you hit the enemy and see the animation play and the sparks fly off them when your sword hits them, you know, like a little, mm. or a little mini reward or like, you know, in gambling or slot machines or whatever, there's always heaps of little mini rewards of you get a little bit of a little animation that plays and some bright lights flashing. Um, right. Even the act of, in gacha games, in the, even the act of rolling, you know, like getting a chance to get a high level character is infused with high level visual effects and animation. Um, totally. Even though you, you may not be getting the reward you want. Totally. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Like there's, there's definitely layers to this thing. Mm. And like, I feel like a pretty good video game example. It's like a, a microcosm reward system is like in Borderlands, you know, if you've got like a machine gun that has a critical hit rate, like as you're peppering enemies with bullets, you get all the numbers yeah. coming up and then like the crit is in yellow or something, you know, and that yeah. like, that definitely feels good to get a critical hit with like an automatic weapon in those types of games for sure. Yeah. I reckon there's like in, in those kinds of video games like Borderlands or even like Warframe or other games where you're doing damage and it's being displayed to you, there's like a kind of sweet spot you want to hit, right? Where you're like mm. giving the player enough reward through their actions constantly that it makes them stick around. Oh man. I mean, I, I think that's the bane of, like, heaps of designers when it comes to all kinds of games, right? Like, mm. depending on what the game is trying to do. But maybe if we were to simplify it and just, like, focus on mobile games, yeah. then, yeah, that's, like, I mean, you've got the industry experience, but I feel like that's something that you want to establish immediately, right? Like, mm. you turn on the game, you play for a little bit, and then you get the microcosm of, like, the the sound effects or the chest opening yeah. or like, you know, stuff that makes you feel like, Ooh, am I special? Like, was there <laughs> a chance that this didn't happen, but yeah. I was playing it. It happened to me like that. That's the, the spice that gets people engaged. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also like, like a, I don't know what the word for it is, but something to do with like opportunity where it's like, um, you know, share this link or this, this tweet and you'll get an extra 500 gems, you know, like there's that mm. kind of engagement and reward as well, where it's like, it's kind of infused into mobile games a bit, you know, like the virality section of it where, you know, right. social media's reward system loops into the video games reward system and it becomes a bit of a, you know, nested thing. Mm. Um, anyway, that's a whole, I'll let you continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a sick aside. Mm. Um, and I mean, we're kind of going to pivot here cause like Pete also mentioned how he was playing persona five, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, slay the spy just took over. Um, and like he, he mentioned like reward systems as being like part of the reason for that. Um, but I think there's a bit more at play here um, because Persona 5's reward system isn't as clear cut. Like when I think of rewards in Persona 5, the first thing I think of is achievements. Mm. You know, I don't really think of like gameplay based rewards, even though like similar to Slay the Spire, that game has combat and like you do combat and just like in Slay the Spire, you get like 
um, a bit of money, you might get some items, and then, like, if you do the special thing, you get a persona, which is, you know, like, kind of similar to, like, getting a really good card in Slay the Spire. Like, they they are quite similar in their gameplay. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Persona 5 has a, a, an additional pull in, in its extrinsic rewards, right? So, like, this is something that most modern video games have, like... Um, if you're playing on PlayStation or Xbox and like probably Steam, I can't really talk to it because I don't play on Steam very much, if at all. Um, but it's extremely rare to c- come across a game on these consoles that doesn't have trophies or achievements. Oh, right, yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever played a game on those consoles <laughs> that doesn't have trophies or achievements. Yeah, um, I think it's a um, requirement by the, the maker of the console right really yeah so like on steam if you want to release you need to have like um i think it's a set number of achievements um Hmm. and there's certain rules about them i can't remember exactly what they i remember when i was making paperback and they were like oh we need art for the achievements you know like we need wow yeah and you know needs to draw some like little pictures of things for the chivos um and there was like no option to not put them in (laughs) (laughs) wow that's crazy i had no idea yeah um, yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense then that, you know, they're so prolific and that I haven't played any games without achievements on those consoles. Yeah. I, and it's also like a bit of a thing on the Microsoft thing, like the Game Pass. Like I'll be playing a game or when I first got it, before I turned off the alerts, it'd be like you turn on the game and play the first level and you get a little pop up. But I, I find that stuff kind of annoying, you know, like I, I yeah. don't want to be disturbed after I've just had a, a great experience defeating a boss or whatever and have a little green icon flash up on my screen being like with some quip, you know, it's just like. <laughs> it's always punny and yeah, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate that yeah. shit. Like, you yeah. know what? Go away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got achievements turned off. Yeah. On- all my consoles it's got to be done because like it's just especially when you're trying to play a new game and kind of like you know we were just talking about with the mobile games kind of creating that microcosm of engagement like i've started some games where i haven't had achievements turned off for whatever reason and like in the first five minutes you get like four achievements and i'm like whoa like i'm just pressing start on a menu or some shit like simmer down you know you like find your first gun and it's like buddy's got balls <laughs> and you die oh for the God. first time and it's like oh too bad so sad you know like, i always read them in that voice as well in my head Fuck off, go away oh man yeah yeah oh that's hilarious um so yeah anyway like if you're if you're an achievement hunter you're being driven by extrinsic rewards that's like that's like the the short the you know that's they're the liner notes basically right. the 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 meta game gets your rocks off as much or more than the basic gameplay um and like to be honest this used to be me to a degree right mm. like um you know 10 years ago before i'd start playing a game i'd like check to see if there were any missable trophies you know like before even picking up the controller I'd be checking to see if there were missable, missable trophies, oh, you know, wow. like, and that's, you know, that's, that's a problem. And, and <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I ended up using trophies to like stop playing a game. Yeah. So like, if I got a hundred percent of the trophies, it made sense in my magic monkey brain. Like I could just put the game down yeah, after yeah. that. Um, 
And like, that's just so stupid to me now. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know this, like, um, this desire to like gamify everything you do, you know, like yeah. I, I feel like I, I sometimes drain the enjoyment out of things because yeah. I project manage it too much or I gamify it. And I'm like, you know, these trophies are really important to me. Apparently, like, I, I, I never put that much thought, like, do I actually like getting trophies? <laughs> I was just like, got to get the platinum. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So weird. Yeah. So weird. Introspecting on your past self, what an exercise. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Very bizarre. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like I had to 100% it before I could put it down as if, like, I didn't trust myself just to play a game until I stopped enjoying it, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> um, and Sorry. Honest, honestly, honestly, a lot of the trophies are not that fun to get. Yeah. Like, when I think of all the FromSoft stuff, like, you know, I got the Dark Souls 3 Platinum and, like, there's a really big online portion of mm. like the trophy list where you've got to like um basically get items by killing players online mm-hmm. or if the online community isn't flourishing you can farm them from these enemies that have a drop rate of less than one percent wow. and so off i went to farm them and you know like i put i don't know like a soundtrack on you know i listen to bjork or whatever yeah, i was yeah. into at the time and but it was just brain dead literally for hours farming things just for just, achievo just for achievo and yeah. like i i don't know i guess i didn't have the fucking power of introspection at that time but yeah. like looking back i'm like dude what a waste of time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like what a waste of time <laughs> Oh, look, man. I mean, like, if you were enjoying it back then, like, if there was, like, some part of you that got, like, soothing out of this activity, right? Mm. Like, if it was mm. something to give your overactive brain a chance to calm down to, or, like, you know, you enjoyed... Like, pe- I remember when I was working at the factory and, like, you do the, the exact same task every day, like, winding the transformer or whatever. Like, there's mm-hmm. after a certain point, there's no, you know, brain juice to be had there anymore. It doesn't drain you at all. And so, like, right. you kind of just enjoy the task of, like sitting there and, and doing the menialness of the task. I think there's, sure. like, something in video games that that, that ticks for a lot of people. Mm. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, you know, looking back, it's like, oh, God, why did I care about achievements? <laughs> like, <laughs> it didn't give me anything. Yeah, no, that that is a really good point. And, like, there definitely is a kind of rest when it comes to, like, accomplishing mundane tasks. But... Yeah. I guess when I think back, like, what I remember is the grinding, right? Like, not a feeling of, like, peace or, like, even the feeling of, like, grinding and doing the thing and, like, feeling satisfied. Like, I just remember fucking running up and down these stairs in Dark Souls 3, killing these enemies for hours. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I've only ever platinum one game, and that was Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> I don't know oh, why that one. <laughs> wow. What uh, What was that like? Were there any any particular trophies that you were hunting for that were annoying uh, as fuck? Or I don't think you... so. I think it was a pretty easy one. Like, it was just, like, play through the game and get all the unlocks, you know? Like, there right. wasn't, like, you know, 
play the game a second time and only kill blah 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 like (laughs) yeah sure yeah Yeah, i mean yeah look some some trophy list is super sick like i platinumed the witcher 3 and Mm. like one of the the kind of rarest trophies in that game is collect every gwent card and i had a fucking ball like I, I probably would have done that anyway at the yeah. time, you know? Like, I, I thought Gwent was awesome. It was a great minigame. Mm. Um, so, like, you know, every now and again, there's that cross-pollination where, like, enjoyment does come into it in a really big way. Um, and I guess that comes down to, like, achievement list design where, like, yeah. I guess whoever's putting that list together is really intimate with, like, the game or, like, what works in the game. I don't know. I feel like that's a, a more, more of a complex issue than than I can talk about right now. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I kind of think that, like, we should just do away with achievements. I know that, like, certain people probably really enjoy them. Um, but I think it's, like, as far as when you're making a game, at least in my experience, it feels like a bit of an afterthought. Um, mm. And that's probably a little bit ignorant, you know? Like, I know there's people out there that are like, oh, I only play games just for the achievements and, like... why are they in outback country australia yeah they're like chimney sweeps or something um yeah so but yeah like with dark souls or whatever it's kind of maybe even a little bit negative to the overall experience like if you decide on a whim you want to get all of the achievements and you like set your mind Mm -hmm. to it and then you check them and you're like, oh, Jesus, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I have to grind this enemy for, like, eight hours at least to be able to mm. get to get the, all of the achievements. Like, that doesn't sound enjoyable. Um, yeah. Or sometimes they're just afterthoughty, like we were saying, you know, like, you boot up the game, you get an achievement, you get the first weapon, you get an achievement, you die, you get an achievement. It's just like, you know, there's no need for this. Like, no one, no one is enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I think, I think there is something there. Um, I don't know. It does kind of fall into that whole gachaism thing, right? Mm. And and player engagement. Um, and I think I think you know extrinsic rewards are a valid way to imp- engage players. Mm. Um, it is a bit unfortunate that they're like so kind of burned in yeah. to video games at the moment. You know, like like. I mean, by any new console, any new game, like the default setting is achievements on, you know, getting blasted with those sounds. Um, so, like, yeah, it, it does feel like a, a rewardy design thing more than like a, you know, this is going to increase the enjoyment of this game. Yeah. I will say, though, I don't, I don't mind the game. Sometimes games have like their own um achievements you know they're not tied to the the store achievements or if they are it doesn't really matter like the internal achievements will get you like i think there's like a mario game where you get stickers to like fill out a little sticker book as you get the achievements oh yeah yeah uh, that's, that's cool i like that that's, yeah. yeah that see that feels part of the game though right yeah. like most most achievements i would argue are, are outside of the game yeah um and so Pete had a question around um, systems that I wanted to spend a bit of time answering, and maybe we could even bring it back to good old Zoldo. All right. Um, so whether they're related to rewards or otherwise, is there a game where you've been thinking a system is simple, but it ends up being complex? Um, so I, I, you know, 
I couldn't really think of any games that was based around reward system where I was mm. like, oh, this reward system makes sense. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so much more deeper than I expected. Um, but like, as far as like game systems go, I think Breath of the Wild is a big one here where like you can take any system that you can find in that game. I think the weather is a good example where you're just like, all right, you know, this game has a day night cycle. Um, and then you, uh, run around in Hyrule and it starts raining and then kind of like your experience that you spoke to earlier in the pod where like lightning starts striking and if enemies have metal stuff if you have metal stuff like lightning strikes you and like yeah. that was a real kind of epiphany moment for me where I was like oh man this is way more than just a weather system like this yeah. is interacting with most aspects of the world yeah yeah that's cool um uh, when i think of reward stuff i think of um i think actually tears of the kingdom took some cues from um the not dark souls what's it called my brain has just stopped working just so you know <laughs> <laughs> okay um, uh, the new one uh, elden ring oh elden ring yeah. oh it yeah. absolutely has i can see heaps of elden ring there yeah like you find a dungeon and like some text pops up well, not a dungeon a um a cave or whatever and a text mm -hmm. pops up on your screen it's like discovery and then it tells you the name of the, the place you just discovered and i was like that's mm -hmm. straight out of elden ring <laughs> you know it's <laughs> straight out of elden ring i don't think they did the exact same but it was the same kind of introduction you know, you'd walk into the thing and get a little bit of a prompt um, sure yeah and, and i felt you know and then and then the cave itself is like there's a few enemies here and maybe a little puzzle to solve there and mm -hmm. then you know a challenge or something like that and then you get the reward at the end um and it's usually um it, they want to make that reward feel worth it every time i remember talking about this with elden ring specifically where it's like the reward system for that game is really hard to um you know, if you're, if you're giving a, a, an item or a weapon to the player as a reward, it's hard to tailor that to the player because of how broad the, you know, the builds are. Right. So and that was like, them. yeah, that, that was one of the minor gripes I had with the open world yeah. in Elden Ring is because like the build variety is, it's amazing. Like in that game, it is amazing. Um, yeah. But it means that you're not always going to find things that you can use. And I think there was a really heavy leaning towards like magic based builds. And so like, if you weren't using magic, it did feel like a lot of the stuff you were finding was kind of useless. Yeah. I felt that way because I wasn't using like a heavy build, I, especially in that first area, you get like a heap of like, here's the good, strong, heavy weapon, and here's some good, strong, heavy armor. Uh, too right. bad, too bad for you. You just did all this stuff, and now you don't, you don't get to reap the rewards. Um, and I was playing Zelda last night, and I found a cave, and I went in it. I killed some like-likes, and the like-likes were different. And I was like, sick. These like-likes <laughs> are cool. I had, to, I had to use one of my powers to defeat the like-like. It wasn't just like throw, you know, throw arrows at it or whatever, or shoot or uh, hit it with your sword. It was like, oh, you got to use your powers for this one. Um, I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And then, and then I found the reward and it was like a, um, it was like a rubber suit, like a rubber shirt. So I'm like super immune to lightning now or like electricity. Oh, cool. It was like sick because earlier on in that cave, there was some um, electric, there was an electric like, like, and there's also electric bats and they fucked me up mm. so bad. Like, I couldn't mm. run away. They shocked me. I dropped my bow. 
pick it back up. They shock me again. I'm like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, now I feel like I got an appropriate reward for the challenge that was given to me. And, and you know, that, that I felt like that was a, a nice little, you know, mini encapsulation of like a good reward. Totally. And I, I, you know, I remember in that rant for Breath of the Wild, like I talked about how the lack of RPG mechanics are a huge win yeah. for the design of that game. Yeah. Like when you're designing rewards for a game that doesn't have RPG mechanics, the rewards apply to everyone. Yeah. And that's just fucking sick. Yeah. I mean, reward is like so core to game design, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I don't, I'm not a game designer. Damn, we should have Ash back on to talk about design. But reward is like, <laughs> it's in the first chapter of like most design books, you know, risk versus reward, the whole, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Well, I got, I mean, I got something related to uh, cap things off. Great segue, Joe Tool. Oh, um, so I got a study here from Sweden done in 2021 called Random Rewards in Video Games and Their Impact on Player Engagement. Um, so this was a study conducted by Marcus Holmberg and Alex Modi. I'm sorry if I just absolutely fucking butchered those names. Uh, so basically what they did is they had a bunch of players and they had two nearly identical games. Mm -hmm. They had one with a randomized reward system and one with a non, um, random reward system. So funnily enough, um, players seem to prefer the non-random version, um, mainly because of the way it impacted gameplay. Um, and like the non-random version was giving players greater autonomy in how they played the game. And like, it was more right. balanced, they felt. Um, but that said, and this is a quote, when it came to engagement, there wasn't any significant difference between right. the versions. So, like, you know, the players may have had better opinions about the non-random version, but the, ran you know, the randomness of the other version didn't actually stop them from playing. Yeah. Um, and I thought this was great because this is 91 years after Skinner's pigeon test and yeah. that, that theory still holds true where, like, the chance of a good time is, is still kind of the most valuable when it comes to engagement. Um, yeah. And I've just got one last quote from this study to round things off. Okay. Uh, so this seemed to suggest that random rewards, uh, sorry, random reward systems lack any impact on engagement, yet have an overall negative impact on players' perception of the game. Hold on. So say that one again. My brain is really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I kind of butchered saying that. Um, all right. I'm, you know, you know I've, uh, I'm just going to paraphrase here. Okay. So basically, the random reward system didn't have any impact on engage engagement of the player. Oh, my God. My <laughs> tongue is dying. I can't fucking <laughs> speak. I can't speak and you can't hear. This is Mighty a podcast. engagement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Random reward systems. They did not impact on the engagement of the players. Got it. But but they did have a negative impact on their perception of the game. Oh right, this is really so, interesting because with the stuff that I was talking about at the at the beginning of the episode of the video, um, that game that I was talking about the uh, oh, what's it called? I've forgotten. Um, hunger, hunger and fear, pain. Fear and hunger. 
Fear and hunger. All right. Yeah. That that game is shown to be like definitively cruel. Like the title of the top, the title of the, this person's video was the most cruel video game. And so wow. where a game offers very little by way of reward, you know, like you're just mm. given your, th there is no reward, you know, like you don't get experience for defeating enemies. You don't get gold. You find random items in random. I guess that's the reward there. Maybe there's reward in finding random items. And that might be the little, you know, random pigeon thing. Um, mm. But uh, it's not like you can return to those boxes and get the same item. Like it's, it's random. Um, right. But yeah, the, the game goes out of its way to treat you poorly. And then I was thinking about like Demon Souls and like Dark Souls and stuff and how those games, because they weren't doing the normal reward thing, you know, it wasn't mm -hmm. like you get a shower of gold and XP when you kill your first enemy in Demon Souls in that bridge. Like mm -hmm. you just get killed by the next guy because you haven't mastered <laughs> blocking yet, you know? Yeah. yeah and so yeah, yeah. the reward, I guess, is like your experience, you know, like your actual learning of doing doing it totally and that's that's super valid in itself mm. um i mean especially coming off the witness like that game gives you nothing yeah. for completing things yeah. it gives you absolutely nothing like i don't know if this counts as a spoiler but you beat that game and nothing happens <laughs> 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 like you're not you're not there for things to happen, yeah. I, if if that makes sense. Like you're kind, you're there to be in the world and to learn, and and if you don't get satisfaction from the learning itself, then you're probably gonna think the witness is the worst game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like you solve the final puzzle and like a door doesn't open, a sound doesn't chime, you're just left in the world and nothing has changed. <laughs> oh, dude, that that happens a lot, especially, like, there are some really difficult puzzles and you're like, oh, I finally did it, and absolutely nothing happens. There's yeah. no sound, no animation. Like, you're just like, okay, yeah. on to the next one. Yeah. Your reflection appears in the screen. <laughs> you know. yeah. the black mirror fucking disheveled smelly yeah, screen yeah. staring back and the double chin uh, is strong at that moment <laughs> um, um anyway so that i mean that was reward systems shout out to pete for yeah, uh sending topic. that sending that email and uh yeah asking yeah. for that topic yeah yeah i, I think it's a really interesting one like there's um I was, i've got a couple of notes here that i wrote as you were going just oh, about, sick. about certain things that we see these days that i've talked about before in video games but i thought i'd bring it up again yeah. is um the battle pass as a reward system the battle oh is wait describe to me what a battle pass is again so this is like a huge aspect to a lot of modern day shooting games um uh -huh. and like games as a service so like games like apex or fortnite um even mm -hmm. Hunt has a little bit of it in there as well, but there's also like, um, yeah, heaps, heaps of other games where you, you have this battle pass. Um, and it's like, it goes for the season. So it's usually like three or four months long. Um, mm -hmm. There's a bunch of items on the battle pass that you unlock by doing, by playing the game basically and getting experience. Um, it's usually just, you know, time spent equals experience. There's not like a great deal of stuff you can do to make it go faster. Sure. Um, and most battle passes have like two layers. So there's like, you play the game for free. It's a free to play game. You get every item on the battle pass. If you, if you get the prerequisite amount of experience, 
Um, and then the, the other layer is the paid version of the battle pass, which usually like unlocks the first 10 levels of the battle pass for, for that, you know, you don't have to do anything. And you also right. get bonus items every, you know, 10 slots of the battle pass. Um, right. And those items aren't specific. They're like random. No, they're specific. So you can oh, see okay. the items on the battle pass. So it's like the, in Apex or whatever, it'd be like, hey, you get this skin, you get this weapon skin, you get this character voice line, you get some resources, right. you get some resources, you get some resources. Oh, you get this cool gun at level eight uh, right. and then you get some more resources. Yeah. I got to say that hearing you say character voice line as like something in a battle pass, that is fucking hilarious to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where withholding dialogue, I don't know. I know those games aren't, yeah. you know, they, the, it, it, the dialogue doesn't really matter, so they're just bonuses, but that yeah. is still very... It just feels a bit weird to hold back dialogue from, like, a product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, There's. It, I think they say stuff as they're coming out of the, um, the plane as you're landing or whatever, so you can have, like, specific voice lines that your character can say. I mean, it's it's dumb. It's not... I'm not trying to defend it. It's... it's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get you. But yeah, yeah, that's the setting. And so yeah, usually at the end, the final you know ten steps of the battle pass, ten slots are like really good items. You know, there's like super rare materials and like a really cool skin that they've obviously spent heaps of time and artist money on um, to to get it to look super good. Um, right. And so yeah, that's that's battle passes. Um, I kind of want to send you a picture of one after this, maybe so you get the sense of what they look like. But they're basically yeah. just like a, a long um, path of slots that they put items in right yeah i'm imagining like something super casino style right a little bit yeah um and then the other one i was going to talk about was hunt uh, and the way that they've moved from a game that's less about like the um the kinds of rewards that you get just from learning and playing the game you know like discovering how noise works in that game and figuring out the mm. way the basis is best played and you know mm -hmm. how to best approach certain scenarios there's like heaps of stuff that you learn in that game that that isn't taught to you um and that's kind of seen as the reward but i think they've got this like problem with hunt where it's like an aging player base and so they have had to add all of this extra stuff um because mm -hmm. the, the players know everything you know they know the best way to do it and so now they've added like basically battle passes where it's like you get to choose a few different quests once you get the quests done you get like an item and then you move on to the next slot in the battle pass you do the quests you get the item um, mm, and the quests mm -hmm. are things that like change up the way that you play the game so it'll be like kill three hunters with fire damage it's like oh, i don't even own any fire weaponry i can have to go and unlock some right. and do the quest um or it'll be like kill uh or extract with all the bounties which is like quite a hard thing to do so you know some, sometimes you gotta like bring your a game and change the way you play and i think it's what they've done is quite interesting yeah that's really cool and do you think do you think that might be different because hunt is a paid game yeah yeah um hunt is a weird one the way that they've tried to start more heavily monetizing it um like i said i think they've got this like aging player base so they've you know they've got their money for the game from all of these players right like uh -huh, they've uh -huh. they paid their money and yeah, maybe they've bought a couple skins along the way um but now they've got like a bunch of people who are basically like still playing regularly but not actively putting money in anymore um, mm. And because the game is so old, they're like, "Oh, how do we get more money?" <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> yeah, you can you can buy certain things. Like, um, when they do events, you can buy these things that like earn you more experience towards finishing the the event, mm. um, which is basically just a glorified battle pass. Right. Uh, yeah, you can pay money to 
just buy certain things in that game if you really just want to not I, I think certain things aren't aren't purchasable like the stuff that requires you to do the quests but um or like certain event things aren't purchasable mm-hmm. um but then there's other stuff that is so yeah the, the monetization in hunt is like really interesting maybe i should do a whole thorough pass on it at some point and explain it a bit better but yeah yeah that'll be cool and i wonder like if they do a sequel like if they make hunt 2 is it free to play like does the kind of current standards for what that kind of game looks like influence them to change it or do they stick to their guns and they're like 70 dollars and you get all the stuff or most of the stuff yeah hunt 2 either needs to be i would rather it be 40 dollars um or like 50 bucks or something um and then have some monetization thrown in you know something like basically the current setup Mm -hmm. uh, maybe with a few twists uh if it went free to play i would be really worried that it would be like really heavily monetized like it would become apex or fortnite right yep fair so but yeah it is concerning you know like i said like if you try to release a shooting game multiplayer shooting game in 2023 it kind of needs to be free right Uh, so i don't really like they I'm sure there's people that work at Crytek that have that same opinion. <laughs> and mm. so it's kind of like, oh, shit, what do we do? Um, right. Yeah. yeah. It's also like rolling the players over. You know, they've got all this existing stuff that they've bought that doesn't come across to the new game. Like, how does that work? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. No, that's such a big headache. And I'm pretty sure, like, that was a big thing in the Pokemon world, right? Because, like when we entered the era of the internet, like they created that poker bank thing so that you could like move, you had to pay for like service space at Nintendo or Game Freak oh, or whatever. And, and then you could like move your Pokemon into that server so that when the next game came out, you could still have the same Pokemon. Right. And like the fucking irony there is just hilarious. Like these games that are already so similar from the one that last came out and you want the exact same Pokemon that you had. Like, <laughs> holy shit, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, if you have save data on your Switch from Breath of the Wild, you can bring across horses. <laughs> from really? Your game. Yeah. Oh my god! How yeah. do you do that? You just go to the stable and say, "I want to take out a horse," and they should be there. Holy fuck! I am looking that up. Oh yeah. my god! I think that's, that's true. Amazing. Yeah, I saw a TikTok about it last night. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about rewards anymore, but that's okay. I think we're done. Yeah. You got anything yeah. else to hit me with with rewards, or are you all, all juiced out? Nah, there's no more. There's no more reward juice in that gym, Matt. All right. <laughs> very good <laughs> that that's it right just fade in music what are we doing <laughs> yeah yeah fade, fade in fade in okay. all, right. all right goodbye, goodbye. <laughs>